How do you do it? Yes, today I'm joined by a six ABC sportscast with Jeff Diversity. Jeff, what's going on? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. No problem. Welcome to the NBA panel. Thank you for taking time on your busy schedule. I mean, you're covering the Flyers, the Sixers, and the Eagles. You got to do everything over there. <laughs> yeah, don't forget about the Phillies. Spring training started. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very busy right now. But it's a good thing, right? I mean, um, you know, people are a lot happier around here when the Eagles are winning, when the Phillies, Sixers, and Flyers are winning. Hopefully right. the Phillies can finally get back to the playoffs and – Hopefully the Eagles figure things out, and uh, everyone will be a lot happier. Right. So you sort of have an intern at um, 6ABC and just decided not to leave, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did leave. <laughs> you know, don't, trust me, I did have to leave. But, yeah, I mean, so I grew up I grew up in Bucks County. I grew up in Bentham. And I, as a kid, once right. I realized that I could not play sports by any means, and I just was <laughs> terrible at it, you know, okay. I just – I. Growing up as a kid, I used to emulate Harry Callis. I was a huge Phillies, uh, Eagles, Flyers, Sixers fan, and I wanted to be a sportscaster. So um, I interned at Channel 6. Right. Uh, when I was a junior, I believe, junior or senior at Temple University, and right. it was, I mean, it was incredible. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't want to leave, but I did have to. <laughs> I did have right. to. And, right. Um, <laughs> So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to be able to come back and you know work at a place that you always dreamed of working at is pretty cool. Right. I was also working at a place so close to where you went to school at, like staying in the same area. That gotta be that's that's a plus. Well, yeah, I mean, and you know, so I wanted to be a sportscaster, and there was right. no better place than working at Channel Six. So. Um, right. And, you know, I, I was a sportscaster in other cities working my way up. I, I kind of right. compared it to like the minor league, base, like minor league baseball where you go around the country and you work your way up. And this is kind of the projection that most people coming out of school have to go that want to do what, what we do. Right. And they move around and they get a little better and they get another job and, and so on and so forth. And for me, in my head, I always wanted to work in Philadelphia, and I always wanted to work at Channel 6. So to have that come true is just right. it's been incredible. You know firsthand, Philadelphia gets a bad rap for their fans because they're so passionate. How, how do you explain Philadelphia's love-hate with their four teams? We know the Eagles wouldn't need love them with the New Zealand. They went to out of town. Same for the Sixers, the Flyers, the Phillies. You know, I, I look at it like they're they're like an extension of family, right? Where, right. you know, when, you know, what is an Eagles Monday like? What is a Monday after an Eagles game like? Whether they win versus whether they lose. Right. You know, it's kind of like getting into a fight with, with a sibling or a family member or right. you had a great time. You're just in a better mood um, when right. they win. And, you know, you see this, the way the city reacts after a loss. Yeah. I mean, I love the passion. There is no other city like it where they, people just care, you know, and, and people care so much. It's a way of life. It's not, right. it's not viewed as, let's say, hey, you know, at the, bottom, at the end of the day, it's entertainment, right? It's, yeah. It's an escape. It's entertainment. But, but in this city, it's a way of life. It's not, it's not like, hey, let's maybe go check out an Eagles game. Um, right. Where it is in other cities that I have worked, but yeah. here it is a way of life. I mean, you hear people, you know, you hear people on the radio or people that, oh, I, you know, I, 
you know, it's stressing me out. What's going to happen with the Carson Wentz situation? What's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with that? I mean, right. it's a way of life, um, and you got to love it. I mean, it makes it makes all of our jobs, and it makes um, you know, it makes doing this for a living a lot more fun. Right. People care. Definitely, the sports radio was huge in the Philadelphia area. It's very huge, and I've been to six of the games as media and as a fan. And it's crazy when you go to those games. And there's some college games also as media and as a fan. And the passion and love you said is there. I love going to games in this area. <laughs> I love it's it. great. I mean, I grew up as a kid going to these games, and and I grew up, I grew up with a lot of bad baseball and a lot of bad football. So right. you know, in the in the late '80s, early '90s. I mean, all of the teams were just pretty bad. I mean, with the exception of the 93 Phillies, um, and, you know, the Flyers had a nice late run in, you know, in 97. But, you know, the teams were, the teams were pretty bad. Um, right. You know, once the Sixers got Allen Iverson, obviously things in the early 2000s picked up. Uh, right. you know, one, getting to the NBA Finals. But the teams were really, really bad. I mean, I was, so je- I was in a way so jealous of the kids that grew up with, you know, Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Cole Hamels, and that stretch of Philly right. baseball. Um, right. That was just incredible. I didn't – I mean, I had Mike Schmidt, who was one of my favorite players as a kid, and that was really about it. You know, you had Barkley and um, you had Randall and things like that. But yeah, I mean, that was a, it was a brutal – it was a brutal stretch to grow up. I mean, there was right. not a lot of winning. Um, but when you're in that atmosphere – and you're at a Sixers game, and it's just deafening in the playoffs. There's right. nothing like it. And I cannot wait to, you know, get past this, obviously, this whole pandemic, and people can go back to that escape of being at a Sixers playoff or a Flyers or a Phillies or an Eagles playoff game where right. it's deafening, deafening, and you could feel that energy just being in the building. Definitely. Speaking of the old Sixers, do you think there would be a, another player as polarizing as Alan Iverson was? He was the Sixers. He led them to the. Oh, we, we all know we led them to the NBA Finals, where they got beat by the Lakers. But he was a. He was over the Sixers overall. I don't. I mean, in my opinion, I don't think there'd be a player to his caliber that he made for the team that he did. Well, he's such a unique player. I mean, he he's he was so small. I mean, he was such a small. He was not very tall, um, especially for NBA standards. I mean, he was. Right. I mean, you know, maybe he was six foot. He's probably around six foot. Um, in NBA standards, I mean, that's that's pretty small. I mean, right. he was not heavy. He was not a big, you know, gym guy. Uh, he didn't have a lot of muscle, and but he personified Philadelphia. Just yeah. the way the way he would play. I mean, he was he was Philly through and through, and I mean. He was so exciting to watch. And you just see him pour his blood, sweat, and tears on yeah. the court every single time. And, look, I mean, he obviously had a lot of stuff off the court that was going on. And, right. you know, you can debate that all you want. I mean, you know, he was very, very loyal to the people that helped out his family yeah. um, and helped out his mom. And, you know, you know he, grew up, he grew up in a rough situation. And, you know, I don't know what that's like. So to, to judge him on, right. hey, he has – millions of dollars and he's this NBA player and to think life is always grand. Um, I think that's a little naive. I mean, I think, I think you kind of see it more and more now with people with, you know, these athletes with social media accounts that, right. you know, they, they, you know, look, I, I understand they make a lot of money and on paper they have this amazing life, but 
they are just human beings, and they do have right. stuff off the court, off the field um, that affect them. So, um, and, you know, once they're in that mode, in a sense, where they are, you know, these NBA or professional athletes, you know, life kind of becomes normal for them. I mean, that just kind of becomes like the new norm. Right. And they have things off the court and they have things off the feet. People don't want to hear about it because you just look at them and say, okay, well, they have a lot of money and they have this great career. Nothing could possibly go wrong or they could never possibly have a bad day. But you kind of realize as you get to know these guys that, you know, they, they have stuff going on as well in their personal right. life that isn't maybe always smooth or always perfect. Right. Exactly. With every episode I do on NBA panel, I'm always a sponge. I always say you're the smartest in the room, you're in the wrong room. And you work with some elite talent. How's it working with Jim Gardner, Rick Williams, David Murphy, Ken Rogers as examples of the, of the excellent talent you guys have at 16 BC? What have you learned from your colleagues? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, it's, for me, it's a weird thing where, like I said, I grew up here. So I grew up here watching these guys and watching these people and, and right. now, and then, so when I first got the job 12 years ago, the first time I'm on the set, I'm sitting down next to Jim Gardner and Dave Roberts. And, you know, <laughs> you're trying to focus and just work right. it out and just do a good job. And then you have a moment where you look over and I'm like, what, what am I doing here? What, you know, like, what, right. what, what am I doing here? It's, it's a weird, it's a surreal feeling where because yes. you're so used to seeing them on TV and then now all of a sudden you're sitting there yeah. on that same set that you have watched with those people going like, what, what, you know, this is what you wanted, but you know, yes. it, it's just, so, it's just hard to explain. Um, but you know, they're, they're the best and you know, they're, they're better human beings than they are broadcasters. And that, that to me says a lot because they are such nice people, and right. I, I love working with them, and they have made me better. Um, you know, I've been at Channel 6 12 years now, and I feel like I have gotten better being around people that are better than me. And I think right. that's the same thing you could say for athletes. Like, when they get around, when they get around people that are better than them, it elevates yeah. their game. And, you know, like Jim, you know, Jim has become a friend um, that I can – Count, hey, if I have a situation that, hey, I'm not sure, hey, hey, how should I do this story? Or, hey, hey, can you give me some advice on this? I mean, he's always there for me, um, you know, for, to set an example. And, right. you know, he, he's had this amazing career and has really, really worked at it. I mean, he still, he writes most of his newscasts where there's a lot of, I feel like, you know, anchors that would be in his position that would just let writers and producers do it. He right. likes to write it. He's very involved. Um, and he's passionate. I mean, he, again, kind of you talk about Alan Iverson in a sense, and it's a different comparison, but he personifies Philadelphia. He cares. He loves what right. he does. Um, and, you know, I think that rubs off on people. And, you know, to, to work with these people that I grew up watching has just been right. a tremendous, tremendous honor, um, right. a tremendous privilege. Yes, I know exactly the feeling you mean. It is surreal. Like, I, I was watching Team USA basketball on TV, and I was able to cover a Team USA basketball training camp. Right. And now I'll cover the um, Basketball Hall of Fame in Massachusetts. Like, seeing these people in person, it's like, like you said, like, what am I doing here? And you realize this is what you wanted, and your hard work pays off. I know exactly what you mean, and it's worth it. <laughs> hard work does pay off. You've got to stay on the grind and don't give up no matter what. 
Absolutely. So what do you like most about your career on 6ABC? Um, you know, I mean, obviously it's different today, but, I, I mean, I love being at the games. I love yeah. being at the biggest games and um, being at these playoff games. and um, So that would be one thing. And yeah. the other thing would be that I love telling stories about an athlete or a coach away from the game okay. in the sense that, you know, what makes them human? What makes them tick? What, what, you know, how are they helping people? Right. I love being able to tell really human interest stories where you get to know the athlete more than just, let's say, a, you know, a lot of people view them as like just, just as baseball cards. Right. Um, I love being able to do a story that shows just, you know, what they're going through or, or an interest of theirs and things like that. Um, right. I think it helps, it helps make your average person that may not be, let's say someone's not a sports fan. They may go, Hey, I like that guy. Or, Hey, that guy, that guy seems like a nice guy or right. hey, that's interesting. They're helping somebody or this or that. So you know, I would say I love that as much as anything. Um, right. And the other thing is, and this is so simplistic, but you know, I, I make a living talking about Philadelphia sports. So yeah, um, you love. I, I'd, I'd probably be talking about it anyway. Right. Um, and so it gives me an excuse to watch sports all day long um, and, you know, make a living off it, which has just, you know, been, been a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. As I missed earlier, I love covering Philadelphia sports. I also covered a big five college. So, I mean, I was able to interview the great Phil Martelli before ends last season, actually, which I found out, I didn't know it was going to be last season, which we all found out at the same time. But I'm not, I had interviews with him. I'll never delete, always keep. It was so, it was, I, have, I had the pleasure of covering Phil Martelli. I, was, I think about it sometimes, like, it's crazy. But, I mean, he was a great coach, and he brought a lot to Philadelphia, a lot. Yeah, I mean, Phil Martelli, and you think of, like, the old, old Big Five, I mean, with John Chaney, who, yes. you know, unfortunately yes. passed away recently. Yes. And, you know, John Chaney was one of the first people I ever interviewed um, when I was in college at Temple. Uh, Temple was what, my four years there. Two of the four years, they were in the Elite Eight. And right. I was doing Temple TV and Temple Radio, and I wrote briefly for the newspaper at Temple. And interviewing John Chaney, you would go in with, you know, I don't know, 10 questions in your head and you would be like two questions in and he would be talking for like 25 minutes. And, right. you know, John Chaney and Phil Martelli, um, you know, are just great, great, great human beings, great coaches. Um, you know, I, I include Jay Wright in that conversation. I mean, Jay Wright, Jay Wright is such a great guy, um, yes. such an amazing coach and what he has done for that program at Villanova has been remarkable. Um, you know, and I wish going back to the Temple stuff, I, I wish John Cheney would have been able to get to that Final Four and really you know, get that next step. And he was always close and just never get over the hump. Um, but you know, the college landscape of recruiting is is completely different. So Phil Martelli is a great coach, but yeah. the landscape has has completely changed with recruiting and things like that. So it's made it a lot harder for schools like St. Joe's. You know, you think back to that Jameer Nelson team. Um, yeah, it's a lot of invest and all that stuff, and it's a lot harder to recruit. Um, it's a lot harder right now than it was, you know, back in the day. Definitely. Speaking of Villanova, they're thirteen and three. I mean, they had a lot of cancellations of the COVID. This college season is crazy, but they're pushing through it. And they're talking about having a one site, a, 
a one-site venue for the Mars Madness, which they need. They know the Mars Madness. But Jay Wright is doing a phenomenal job over there. Phenomenal. He's been in ninety season, took him to the biggest championship, well, 14 NCAA tournament appearances in 19 seasons. I mean, he's a, he's a, he looks like the perfect, he showed, he showed what the winning is. Yeah, and, you know, look, I mean, this whole COVID thing, you know, as far as, you know, talking about the teams and whether it's college basketball or any of the sports, yeah, I mean, it's really a crapshoot whether or not they're going to be able to finish. I mean, you know, it's amazing the Super Bowl got in and the entire NFL season got in with any, right. without really any true, I mean, every game was played. And I know there were some situations with the Titans and the Steelers and games moved around. But, you know, I mean, it, it is amazing that they were able to pull it off um, with everything going on. And I think right. college basketball is going to be real tough. I mean, Jay Wright said in the beginning of the year, for them to really pull this off, they have to almost create a bubble. But it's, it wasn't, it's not really cost-feasible for college athletics. So then you run into that, um, and it's, just, it, it's really hard. And so to predict how any of this is going to work out, I mean, yeah. March Madness, I mean, it, it, true to its name, is, is just madness. Anyway, right. to, know, to know how a team can get through it and can actually win and won't be effective, say, you know, one of the top teams, lose their best player or has an outbreak. I mean, it's just, it's very difficult. And to, this is the toughest season, the most stressful season on any of these coaches and players. Um, it, it, it's hard, you know, and sports supposed to be fun, supposed to be entertaining, but it's been really hard for all these schools and teams to pull all this off. Definitely. The Sixers, you know, have a two-game cushion for the first seed in the East. And Joel Embiid is definitely MVP, MVP form. I mean, it's, you can tell it's like night and day when he plays when he doesn't. Right now he's averaging like 30 points a game, like I said, an MVP conversation. And I think he's going to as far the Sixers are going to go as far as he takes them in the playoffs. It's going to take other people around him, but I mean, he's he's the main one people have to focus on. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you see he has elevated his game from last year, um, and I think. You know, I think then that early exit did not sit well, and I think yeah. that was to them kind of a slap in the face. And I know they were missing Ben Simmons in the bubble once they right. got into the playoffs and being swept. And I think that embarrassed them. And, you know, I also think Doc Rivers has done an amazing job right now. But, right. but not just Embiid. I think what's also helped is the spacing around those guys. And you hear about yes. so much. Yes. Yes. They went out and they got, they got some shooters. Yes. So, just the threat, you know, I mean, I, I like I like Seth Curry. I like Danny Green. I think they're good shooters. Um, yeah. You know, obviously they're hot. They get hot and cold like any shooters. But right. the facing and the threat of that has really yeah. helped Embiid. And then you also think, too, you look at what the, the effect Tobias Harris is having. He's more now at his natural position. Yeah. You know, like he did with the Clippers, he's playing really well under Doc Rivers. So I think that has helped Embiid. But I also think Embiid, after what happened last year, Embiid has really, his personal, away from the court, has really worked on himself, uh, nutrition and being in better shape. And I, I think, you know, you only get so many years at this. And, yes. you know, you think back to that early time when he was drafted by Sam Hinkie and everything going on with the foot and the second surgery, 
and as a big man, you know, your career longevity is not there as much as it is maybe with a guard. Um, And all that wear and tear on that foot and on those knees and on that back, you know, he's had back tightness issues all season. Again, he's questionable for tonight against Utah. You know, all of that takes a call on a big man. So I think it's starting to drill into his head that I only have so many shots at this. So I don't know how this is all going to play out. I mean, the Sixers right now are the best team in the East. But, uh, you know, I still am worried about Boston. I'm still worried about Milwaukee. And I'm certainly worried, maybe more than anyone, about Brooklyn. One day have time to get it together. They've got a bunch of COVID issues and things like that. Once they get it together, how scary is Brooklyn going to be? You know, know, how scary are they going to be where they have the experience and they have the star power really just knock you out. And I don't know how this is going to all play out in a series, but my my, my concern is with Embiid and the Sixers is some of the same issues we've been talking about for years. Um, Health, staying healthy, staying shooting, facing, and really the most important maybe thing is closing out those games because that is a big concern and, and being polished. I use this word a lot with them. Are they polished enough now to get over the hump? And they have some winners, and Danny Green and Doc Rivers, they're winners. But right. is this team polished? You know, you're down one with seven seconds left. Who are you giving the ball to? Are you giving it to Embiid? Like, who, who are you giving that ball to? Right. Um, you know, do you have a guy that can just, you know, that can just close it out? Um, so that, that's my big concern with them. Um, but – you know, I think they need to get to the, at least the conference finals um, right. to call this a successful season. Yeah, also one more shooter you have is for Cons, who's been on the Sixers roster. It would be a red night that one of those three are or when all three of these or three players are off. So, like I said, the Sixers have shooting, and they, they're going to be depending on it besides Embiid. But, yeah, playing the play, if they play the Nets, they're going to have all hands on deck, which it has to be. Because when you have – three of the best players in the NBA. I mean, you have Kevin Durant, who's proven to be <laughs> one of the best players ever. And so you're going to need all hands on deck, definitely. Yeah, and they, listen, they have the experience, right? I mean, they they have the experience, um, and they have multiple closers. I mean, yeah. James Harden can, can close out a game and close out a series. Kevin Durant, same thing. Um, Kyrie. Kyrie, yes. So, I mean – you have three guys, and also, by the way, I know you have a first-year head coach with the Nets, but I mean, he knows how to win too. So yeah. you have three closers. Um, it's it, you know, it's going to be tough, and they yeah. may scare me more than any other team, despite all the issues the Sixers have had over the years with Boston. And you know, Jason Tatum is just—he's just a nightmare for the Six. He's a nightmare matchup for the Sixers. Yeah, it's like who you're going to guard. We know what Curry did in 2016 with the start of Steph Curry. Kevin Durant with a shot over with LeBron in 17. Then in 18, he did the same thing. Um, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, the same so, thing. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know, but, I mean, the East right now I feel like it's stacked. Yeah, it is. It's just stacked. And, you know, depending on the matchups, how, you know, that's why I think they, you know, it'd be nice if they get that one seed. Hopefully, they can avoid, you know, they can avoid um, those top three teams. And then also too, I know they're not really in the picture right now, but are you going to rule out Jimmy Butler and the Heat? 
You know, Very true. Uh, you know they're not. Um, you know they're not in the playoff per se picture at this second, but when right. it's all said and done, I expect them to be in it. Yeah, they're under five hundred, but only one game up eighth. So <laughs> right now would be the six of them. <laughs> well, if they move to the eighth, would be one one to eight. It'd be the tough matchup in the first round. So definitely, we'll see. You had a chance to interview on Frank Vogel, who's from Wildwood. How was that interview for you? He was great. I mean, he's he's a Philly guy through and through. I mean, he obviously grew up in Wildwood. Um, and, you know, he's worked really hard to work his way up, in, you know, into the NBA ranks. Um, he, you know, he wore, he wore a Philadelphia-themed shirt during the interview. So right. um, I think he's very proud of his, of his beginnings. Um, you know, his family still lives in Wildwood. He hasn't really been able to get home much just with everything going on, but he was great. I mean, he just, he comes across, he's a nice guy. He's funny. He comes across as, you know, as a Philly guy. And, um, you know, he was an assistant coach with the Sixers for a little bit um, in his early days. And, um, you know, he's a great story. He's an absolute great story. Uh, He's a good coach. And, you know, now, I mean, Getting the coach LeBron, I mean, is there is there a bigger thrill if you're an right. NBA head coach to coach like a Michael Jordan or to coach a LeBron James? I mean, what could be yeah. better? Than talking about arguably the the best players in the history of the game. Yes, makes things easier on you. <laughs> a coach on the floor, LeBron's IQ is off the charts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and and so doing these interviews now can be a little bit harder because you're doing it through Zoom. Um, you're doing them through Zoom most of them. And right. so it's just different. Now it's allowed us to do stories. We wouldn't normally, I mean, normally I wouldn't be able to interview Frank Vogel. who's out, who's out in Los Angeles right. in his right. office um, on like a, a random, you know, Wednesday. Right. Uh, or, you know, I did an interview with a, with a tennis player that, from, that's locally that, that is on the rise. And I interviewed her from Australia the other day. So, you know, you're not, normally wouldn't be able to do these interviews. You know, right. um, I interviewed some baseball players last March in South Korea about how they're trying to get their baseball season started. And right. they were ahead of the curve with the pandemic. And uh, they were former Phillies players playing in South Korea. So like those interviews, you would never really normally be able to do for television. Right. Um, so it has allowed us to do these stories with Frank Vogel and some other things, but the interviewing through the zoom you know, it's not as necessarily personable, uh, right. but, you know, it's allowed us to do some things we wouldn't normally be able to, to do. So that's been cool. Yeah, definitely. I did a uh, Zoom call yesterday with the, uh, with the Sixers Elite team, the Blue Coats, the 3-0 right now. So as you said, it allows us to connect in this time right now. So definitely an advantage. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's also allows you to, like, sometimes if I'm in studio and I want to, like um, – I want to be a part of the Sixers pregame interview with Doc Rivers. Right. You know, I'm not able to go down to the Wells Fargo Center and stand there and listen. Right. But now with Zoom, hey, I'm able to jump on and listen for 10 minutes, ask a question or two, right. uh, kind of hear, be a part of it so I can get the most updated information and then right. jump on and do my show. So it has allowed me to kind of um, – in a weird way, be more present than I would normally be. It's, you know, Philly's pregame, same deal where, you know, I wouldn't normally 
if I'm in studio, be able to right. see what's going on. I would have to wait for, let's say, you know, our crew that was down there to send it back or things like that. So it has allowed right. me to have a little presence, but it is weird. I mean, I haven't been in a locker room in a year. Right. Um, I, I think the last time I was in a locker room was Philly spring training last year. Um, so it's been weird. Um, yeah. it's kind of been weird, but again, like I said, you know, we've been able to tell stories we wouldn't have been able to tell before. So definitely, definitely. I definitely get, I definitely get your stat sheets. I miss it so much. <laughs> I miss it so much. No, I yeah. get it. I mean, I get it. And I miss, you know, I've been at some games without fans. It's weird. Um, yeah. And obviously, as it goes on and on, it feels more normal. Um, but it's it's weird. I mean, being at an Eagles game with no fans, um, being at, um, you know, being at a Sixers game with no fans, being at a Phillies game, and no, it's just, it's weird. Um, and I don't know when it's going to be back to, I mean, I don't think any of us know when it's going to be back yeah. to where right. things are packed again and it's loud and um even you even miss concerts and things like that and comedy yes and yes when that's going to get back to normal who knows but you know you miss it you certainly miss it definitely with some of the vaccines will be rolling out so we we'll see how that works out i mean we'll see that the thoughts come out might be back to normal towards the fall we'll see how it works out i definitely miss it definitely Jeff, thank you so much for joining me, man. They have a busy day ahead. Thank you for your time. I definitely respect out in the future. I'm trying to get you back on again. Talk about some updated Philly news. Thank you so much for your time, man. Hey, it was great talking to you. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. For the rest of your day. You too. Yes, that was 680T Sportscast with Jeff Skaborski. Thanks for joining me.